previously on the Simply Human Podcast. You'd be surprised how negative we are and we don't even realize it. Alarm clock. Yeah, it's like an alarm clock should just like, it should wake up. It's like your mom's voice saying like, oh my God, I have cancer or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, oh, it's a fire. Right. Fire, fire, get up. Right. There's a man in your house. He's got a knife. It's episode 187 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick, two human beings doing human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's a doctor and a lawyer, all in one. Oh, a doctor and a lawyer? Yes. Lynn Marie Morsky, MD, Esquire. Is that how you say that? Is a physician, attorney, speaker, author, and dot, 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 drum roll, lifelong quitter. And we're going to talk about her lifelong quitting. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I have a sore in my mouth. (laughs) So, (laughs) when Mark and I were discussing, like in the five minutes before the show, like, hey, what are we going to talk about? Uh, Mark was like, well, I got got a sore in my mouth. (laughs) Well... That's uh, what look, we had. That was all. That's all the thing that's going on. So, okay, hold on. So there, it's called something. Okay. Yes. So, this is kind of a long story. So, uh, last February, my partner and I, who my, he's not my partner anymore, he got promoted to sergeant. So I'm kind of oh. by myself. Oh. Uh, anyways, oh. uh, he and I went to this because uh, we work uh, specifically with juvenile law. We went to this conference that's got a whole bunch of. You know, super important people talking about juvenile this and juvenile that and blah, 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 blah. Well, anyways, um, one of the people we met there, uh, she uh, created this, like, party game called One Up This. Okay. And I kind of forgot a little bit about it, but I was going through her cabinet, and she gave us – it. I've never played – what is it? Cards of humanity or cards, cards against humanity? humanity. Cards humanity. against humanity. I've never played that, but it's 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 somewhat similar in that, and that there's a whole bunch of cards, and basically like uh uh, you pull a card, and you answer the question. Okay. So I feel like when you and I oh. uh, don't have a story to talk about, this would be a good way to uh, oh, yeah to generate conversation. Okay. Okay. Are are you down for this? Yeah, this is fun. Okay, but right, before so you but before I'm, you start, it's okay. called okay. Morsicatio Bucarum. What? That's chronic cheek biting. It's a condition characterized by chronic irritation Are you or kidding injury. Me? Hey, to I you. have that. I have that like big time. Ask anybody who's ever seen me when I'm stressed out. Yeah, like I I chew on the inside of my cheeks and my and my lips. Well, I will I'll do it until I get like a an ulcer, like a canker sore. Yes, and then I can't eat for days. So I'm not the only one. That's right? what's happening to me right now. Like I start, I can hardly talk. I got three of them, like in the crook of my cheek, in like on the outside of my gums. It's terrible, and it's my fault. Like, it's like I will do that, or like the nibbling on uh, when I cut my fingernails too yeah, short. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like hangnails and stuff. Yeah. No, 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 not quite hangnail, but like the very, very, very top, like right where the tip of your finger meets the fingernail. Right. Like I will. Like, like I'm obsessed with trying to make that smooth, but it never works out. It yeah. just ends up being just a, a big, huge, like, bloody spot. <clears throat> uh, one upper. 
Okay. So the uh, the, the first card I'm going to pull. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know if this means I go first or you go first, but we'll decide. Okay. okay. So the card I pull oh, wait, is. I, hold on. Am I recording? <laughs> making sure I'm recording. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell a story about a summer romance. Okay. <laughs> what? I've already got one. Hold on. Are you are you thinking are you thinking what I'm thinking? There's a couple of things I may be thinking, but yes. What is the na- what is the name that I'm gonna say start with? Uh the first letter for yours is M. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> and yours too. Yes, mine also will start with an M. What does your last name start with? W. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Inside joke for two. And maybe Rob. Yes, yes for 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 possibly four. Yeah. If they they, they clearly don't listen, but Okay, okay so let, I'll do mine quick. I'll do mine quick. That's ground rules here. Right. Uh, we only have like five minutes, so we got to hurry. We'll just refer to her as her initials, MW. Do we can't say her name? No, you can't say her name. Nobody listens to our show. <laughs> no, but if in case there yeah. is... Yeah, okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know you what tell- that means. Okay, so this girl, the same girl. So when I was going into eighth grade... Okay, so the summer in between my seventh and eighth grade year, I never really had a girlfriend, okay? There was this girl that, she was like older than me. I think she was your age, if I'm not mistaken. And she was like the the thing at camp. Like she was like the bee's knees. Explain explain camp. That's because I've learned that's something that like regular person, like regular people don't understand. It was like a a Church of Christ camp. Like a, a, like a, a church camp, yeah. Yeah. And like, like no mixed swimming. It was very strict, um... So it was oh, my, uh, regular people don't know what mixed swimming means, by the so way. So, like, boys couldn't swim with girls, girls couldn't swim with boys. And there was, like, a barrier around so the boys wouldn't, like, peek out at the girls in their swimsuits, which was, like, what, 200 <laughs> yards out into the wilderness? <laughs> Remember? We had to, like, run through the briar patch to get to the swimming pool. <laughs> the swimming pool was, like, a thousand yeah. yards. <laughs> they had these, like, chain link fence where you couldn't see through yeah. because they knew that, like, we would somehow <laughs> figure out look through. so like by the time you walked out there it was like well swim hour is over because it took us 30 minutes to walk out here so this girl so this is like the funny thing so i asked her out well you you can go out with me for the rest of camp you don't have you don't have to if you don't want okay, to uh, pause 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 very quickly we uh, i don't know if this is normal for regular people but we had like that was a very important thing is the camp uh the camp boyfriend or camp girlfriend right and the first night of camp, I leaned over to her after, like at the very end of the night, and I and this is how I asked her out. Is I mean, I'm I'm 13 years old, and I said, "Will you go out with me for the rest of camp? You don't have to if you don't want to." <laughs> like, just just oozing confidence. <laughs> and she said yes. Just, just exactly like uh uh like a 007. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she said yes. Because she couldn't uh, resist <laughs> my confidence. And on Wednesday night, so three days into camp, okay. she started acting weird. Oh, boy. And I knew something was up. You did something. I don't know. And 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 just like 007, 
She like wanted to talk to me, and I said, "You want to break up with me, don't you?" <laughs> and she said yes. And I immediately, thirteen years old, pre prepubescent, <laughs> I ran into my room like uh, something off of like Steel Magnolias is what I'm like, just like a southern dramatic. Oh. <gasps> And I go running into the bed, and I get on my bunk, and I start crying, uncontrollably sobbing, and punching the wall with my hand. <laughs> and your brother, Rob, was like my counselor, and I remember him just like standing there, like, like not really knowing like what to do because like this is very odd behavior for a thirteen-year-old who just like went out with the girl for like two days, and they didn't even like. And Jack Patterson is part of the story too, because one time we were walking to the swing, like on Monday, and we were holding hands, like like the man without a pancreas. Man pancreas. We were like we were like crisscross finger holding hands, you know, like interlaced <laughs> fingers. Yeah, yeah. There and you go. Jack, I passed Jack walking up to the swing like that, with and he gave me a high five. Isn't that weird that I remember that? That is kind of weird. So okay. my story with that is involving the, the, the exact, exact same girl. girl. The year later, because when Mark. Uh, "Quote unquote," hooked up with her over church camp, which, which we held hands. Thing that regular people know. Ooh, you know what? Up. She's the first girl that she's like stuck her tongue in my mouth, <laughs> and that was like my first like quote unquote French kiss. But it wasn't really a French kiss because I was just like totally caught off guard. She just walked up to me and shoved her tongue in my mouth, like on the. Hey, she was the first girl who's. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I touched. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh. The, ne- the next year. So at this church camp, like you could become a counselor when you were like in, I forget what it was, like your ninth grade or 10th grade year or something yes. like that. And uh, you, you would like your ninth grader year. But or you were at the like, kid camp, little kids camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they, they had big kids camp and little kids camp. And so like your, your ninth grade year, you could be a counselor at little kids camp. Okay. Right. So right. Uh, this was the call correctly this was the summer between my 10th and 11th grade year so i we'd been at counselors uh, a couple of years at, at little kids camp and on the sunday night or the saturday night before all the kids show up like all the counselors show up and you do a bunch of team building just horse crap yeah. and uh like i had a huge crush on her like giant from when the year before yeah. you and her were camp boyfriend girlfriend for two days Oh, this is so. And you and you saw my uncontrollable sobbing. You're like, man, she must be really special. <laughs> and so she and I were camp uh, counselor <laughs> boyfriend, boyfriend girlfriend. girlfriend for the entire week. And I was like, I was done. Like I was completely smitten. And I uh, invited her to homecoming. Uh, and the day of, like, and, and we like we wrote like the whole summer. Between like when you and her got together and when me and her got together, we wrote letters yeah, yeah, and they I had a, you know very elaborate with a bunch of hearts written on them and the whole nine yards and uh, and then uh, after like we we were together the whole week of camp and then after that like we 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 kept in touch. My mom had a a cell phone which back in those days. Yeah. Which is kind of rare, but she had free nights and weekends, so I'd wait until like it's five eight, o'clock on Friday. <laughs> 8.01 p.m. and I'd be like, okay, I can call MW. So I'd call her and we'd talk and we talked all the time and I invited her to, hey, will you come to me with home, to, to, to homecoming? And she was like, oh, that would be so great. And I was like, I'm going to show my friends, my super hot girlfriend and she's so great. And the day of, 
uh, I called her like, so when are you, y- you coming? And she was like, ah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come. And I was like, oh, God, that's terrible. <sighs> so there are other funny uh, stories <laughs> around that, which we can't. Yeah, well, well, I remember the, very quickly the bed that you, when it, you guys broke up in, yeah. like the bed that you slept in and like one of the. Was punching the wall. Bathrooms. You yeah, you wrote on the bed, which was for pretty common. Uh, <laughs> oh, M R no. with a heart, M W, and then you crossed out her name. <laughs> and I saw it like two years later. <laughs> oh my gosh! What are the chances? Uh, okay, so oh. by the way, very quickly, if you're interested in. Uh, it's a fun party game. Uh, we should do it next week too. That yeah, was great. We, yeah, oneupthisgame.com. Oneupthisgame. You can do it. You can play it online. It's like you can access. No, no. It. You you buy a set of cards, you idiot. You buy oh, them on the sorry. website and they send them to you. Okay. But this would be like a fun. Oh my uh, gosh, we should ask Lynn Marie this question. Oh, I don't want to like ambush somebody. Do you think? I think should we that? should. Okay. All right. All right. Hang out. I'll call. I'll call you right back. Okay. All right. I'm here. (gasps) Lynn Marie. Hi guys. And this is Rick. (laughs) This is Mark (laughs) speaking. And then Rick is also on the line. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Nice to meet you guys. Nice Nice to meet meet you. I'm sitting. Do you go by by Lynn Marie or is it Lynn or like what? Rick. I already asked her this. Oh, all right. Well, I didn't ask her, Mark. <laughs> we didn't compare notes. Uh, it's Lynn Marie. Right. It's Lynn Marie. Uh, it could be many different things. So we we did a little bit of intro uh, in the of you in the intro, uh, and I'm really getting good at the. It's adding people on Skype, Rick. <laughs> I like. I didn't even like have a problem that time. I'm. It's like you would think I would have learned after five years, and I've just now gotten to where I'm like feel confident about adding someone. Okay, Lynn Marie. Before we get started, we just played kind of a fun game in our intro. We call it crosstalk. Rick was uh, talking about this game, and it's like it's called One Upper. Is that right, Rick? It's the name of the game is called One Up This, and it's basically like a card game uh, that you would play with people, like at a uh, like an adult get together. Not oh, an adult well, together. Like adult what? get. Oh, that sounds fancy. <laughs> 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 yeah. So everybody puts their keys in a giant. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So oh, Lord. Uh, so the game basically is like <laughs> eliciting funny stories. And so the card we pulled and that we talked about during Crosstalk was tell a sto- story about a summer romance. And we're going to see if you have a We just had a lot of fun talking about a summer romance, which just so happened to include the same girl. <laughs> Me and Mark talking about the same girl. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you That's have does, does one come to mind for you like a like a middle school, high school summer romance? I mean, the question is, do I have one or do I have one that's a good story? Well, well you, all stories are good stories. Not a summer romance. Okay. Okay. And this is probably not okay because I have not had like a flourishing love life, so this is as close <laughs> to a summer romance story as you're going to get. But we didn't. We didn't either. <laughs> 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 hey guys just met you let me tell you about my love right, right i know <laughs> oh but here goes i'll try to give the shortest version possible okay i was 19 i was living in st louis the place i was working at doing multimedia they did the audiovisual for like the local amphitheater where bands would come play 
Okay. And the person who usually did what's called pull cable, which is like they run behind the camera guy and they make sure his cable doesn't like trip up everybody on stage. That guy was like out for the day and they said, okay, 19 year old Lynn Marie, will you go do this for the Aerosmith concert? What? I was like, uh, huh? Oh, okay. They're like, we'll give you 50 bucks. I mean, you know, 19 year old, I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll do it for free. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so actually what it was is the camera guy was out. So the cable puller guy got to move up to camera guy for the night. And so he tells me, he's like, I get there and they're like training me and I show up in like a black tank and shorts and they're like, are you kidding us? And they like put a black like uh, sweatshirt over me. And then they they literally electrical tape my sandals to my feet with black tape and they put a hat on me and they're like, you have to be, you know, unseeable. And the, and then the camera guy, his job is to like, teach me how to pull cable. And he makes it sound like, obviously it's the most important job in the world because this was his normal job. Right. And he says to me, he's like, these guys can get us fired. These guys are holes. And I'm thinking they can't get me fired. This is not my job, but okay. <laughs> you know, I'll let you have your power trip. But he says to me, he's like, okay, this is how you pull the cable. He said, but if any of these guys come toward your side of the stage, you're, you just drop the cable and run because I'm holding like 30, 40, 50 pounds of cable, you know, all dusty and black, whatever. I'm like letting it out as he runs out toward the, you know, do his camera thing. And then as he comes back toward my side of the stage, I reel it up, you know. Right. And so he says, OK, if they come toward your side of the stage, drop the cable and run. And that's literally all I remembered from most of my training. And so uh, the opening band plays. I am doing a terrible job. I am like all tangled up like some character out of Charlie Brown. (laughs) And finally, Aerosmith gets on and I have caught on to the pulling cable. I'm pulling it out. I pull it back in. Everything's going fine. And then Living on the Edge comes on. That's a good song. (laughs) Right. And suddenly Steven Tyler starts to like dart toward my side of the stage. In his tight pants. In his tight pants yeah. and with all the like, you know, the microphone, scarves, with the, scarves, and the whole thing, scarves, yeah, yeah, microphone. Yeah, so it's such a weird bit, by the way. But okay, but yeah, but it's you know, it's consistent, and still going, and that was what was going on. And I think this is like 1998. Um, <laughs> and so he starts to to you know, kind of dart in my direction, and all my brain remembers is drop the cable and run, right? <laughs> so I drop the cable, and I can only imagine the look on my face that I didn't realize he must have seen. And so I dropped the cable and I just start running. This is a giant like outdoor amphitheater. So I run to where like I'm all the way at the end of the stage behind these giant banks of speakers. And I get as far as I can go. They didn't say how far to run, right? Just drop the cable and keep running. You're outside so at this point. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm in the parking lot. And so at this point, I like when I hit the end of the stage and the end of behind all the speakers, I just crouch down. And right as I crouch down, I start to like look up and all of a sudden all these scarves fall over my face <gasps> and i realize he has run after me because he doesn't know why little girl covered in soot <laughs> dropped the cable and ran yeah. so he follows me he's like trying to like protect you or something i i have no idea what his goal was but when i looked up and i saw the scarves it comes right to the chorus and then all of a sudden there's like a microphone in my face and <gasps> i go living, living on, on the edge, edge. <laughs> gosh (laughs) and and then like i look up and the rest of the band is dying laughing and like steven tyler stands up and he runs back and the camera guy's face was like oh my god the guy who had trained me you know drop the cable and run so the reason this even comes up as a quasi summer romance is that the next day they are like um paging lynn marie tyler because we had been behind the speakers for so long like because these entire bank of speakers i had run so far back that all anybody like my colleagues are working out in the you know audience area with the other cameras they see me run behind the speakers they see steven tyler run behind the speakers and then like nobody comes out for (laughs) and they hear you like go 
Lemon on the edge. <laughs> oh my so god! So you and Steven, man, that that uh, that story really <laughs> destroys our stories. Jeez, ruined the All entire right. interest. Well, okay, Rick. Let's let's uh, in the interest of time, we normally guess birthdays, but just would you just are you a June birthday? I'm not. What? When, when's your birthday? September thirteenth. September thirteenth. Well, we usually guess birthdays, but we did the one upper thing, so we didn't do that. Okay, let's get on the interview. Lynn Marie, you have an incredible background. You're a doctor and a lawyer and all these things, and your your thing, your book is about quitting by design. Is the name of the book, which we'll talk about in a second. So, uh, kind of briefly tell your story. Like, how did you get to where you are today? And if you said you were nineteen, and then in nineteen ninety eight, we're probably about the same age. Were you born in eighty? Uh, 77. 77. I might be off on my math with the oh, 1998, but... <laughs> okay, so you're like, yeah, okay, that's, we, that, that's your word. We're all the same age. We're born all, all kind of that same little clump of years there. Um, so yes. tell us... Good, your, so I can make office space references and you guys will get them. Absolutely. That's exactly absolutely. right. Tommy Boy, all those things. My stapler. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, so tell us how you got to where you are today. Okay, so, you know, shortly after the Aerosmith incident, I was a multimedia designer. That's what I, I mean, my, my college major was essentially start off as broadcast journalism, but I realized, oh, I don't like the sound of my voice or the look of me on camera, and I went straight to, like, behind the scenes. So I did video editing and got a job at that place that I, that sent me to Aerosmith, and that turned into a multimedia job. So this is, again, 98, 99, where you just had to know a little bit of HTML and maybe a little Photoshop, and you could put up your small website, maybe make a CD-ROM, <laughs> We are all of the same age, and we know what that was. You say CD-ROM, and we're all like, oh, how silly. (laughs) Exactly. How antiquated. (laughs) The good old days. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, we're living in sepia tone. But yes, (laughs) I made (laughs) CD-ROMs. And um, I was not great at it. You know, like, this wasn't what I'd started off doing, but it was just kind of how things had evolved. And I was not making any kind of decent money. and, And I thought, like, man... I need some kind of secure future. You know, I hadn't grown up with a lot of money. My parents didn't have some big retirement. And my brother and I were like, okay, you know, one of the two of us has to like make some cash at some point, you know, to have some reserve for in case our parents need it. Right. And my brother was like working at the Westin and I was working as definitely the lowest person on the totem pole at this multimedia uh, place. And suddenly they hire somebody over me who was younger than me. And it was a little bit like, oh boy, you know, yeah. the writing's kind of on the wall here. Yeah. I need to like, yeah, it's time to evaluate my life here. And I had always been like, I know what I'm going to do. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm 21. I was halfway through graduate school in multimedia because I thought maybe if I just like learn more about it, I'll get better and I'll like it. And I was I'm like, okay, that was my last ditch effort was I would take a Java class because like this is when you went from you could just know HTML to like you must know 40 programming languages. First day of Java class, I was like counting the minutes. I was so bored out of my mind. I thought like if I'm this bored in the Java class, clearly <laughs> multimedia is not for me. Yeah. Let's go back to the drawing board. And so that was my first big quit. And that's when I was like, do I want to be a florist, a chiropractor, like a dog catcher? I have no idea what I want to dog do. Catcher. Like this first thing was not it, right? Yeah. And um, and I was like, I'm, what am I good at? You know, I'm good at school. What is stable? Well, you know, I looked around and my swing dance partner at the time was a doctor. And so like there were a lot swing of Swing dancing, that was a thing back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. right, right. I yeah. am dating myself right and yeah. left. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I was in my swing <laughs> dance partner. I was in a ska band too, if you want me to okay, dating myself okay. some more. <laughs> That's awesome. For so, for so, okay. <laughs> yeah. While so you were watching The, the Simpsons, yeah. What'd you say? I said while you were watching The Simpsons. 
Oh, you know I was. Yeah. I totally was. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so yeah, I decided, okay, let me try the medical school route, which took a decade because I had not done anything resembling a pre-med course, obviously in like my video editing school. So I had to do pre-med and then I somehow miraculously got into one medical school because that is hard. And I got into med school and the entire time, the only thing I wanted to do was sports medicine. Like that should have been another huh. clue along my, my quitting path. Cause back in the day when you're, you know, 21, you and your intuition are not necessarily like that well acquainted with each other at that point, yeah, you know, right. you're just trying to, you know, like trying to make your way in the world and, and make your mark in this earth. And, and like that, which does not kill me only makes me stronger is way too prevalent in your thought process. <laughs> but at the time I should have realized like, Oh, when I thought about going to medical school, I looked at every specialty and none of them sounded great. Sports medicine sounded tolerable because I was a dancer still am but it sounded like okay that's mm. pretty much like dance medicine and most of the people you're going to see want to be healthy right like right. you're not fighting this uphill get battle against people who don't want to take their high blood pressure medicines or whatever the rest of medicine sounded right. like right and generally you're prescribing like ice so I thought okay this is something I can handle <laughs> ice <laughs> right yeah <laughs> commonly it's like I went to all this school and paid all this money and like I'm just telling people like put some ice on that that's right, pretty right. much it rest yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> do nothing and ice it there's yeah. you <laughs> yeah it wasn't coming with a whole lot of pharmaceutical you know benefits at that point right. nobody's bribing me to take me out to dinner didn't serve my patient's <laughs> ice but anyway i i go all the way through med school and then i went through residency at the mayo clinic which was really hardcore like it, they were not an easy like it was not an easy place to do residency and i was so miserable the whole time but i kept saying like when I get to sports medicine, everything will be better. And then I got to sports medicine and I did my fellowship at the University of Arizona. And I did not realize until I was confronted with it, like I'm standing on the sidelines of like a Pac-10 football game that mm. I assume most people would have loved to have done. Was uh, Jake thought, Plummer playing in that game for Arizona State? Um, no, <laughs> that I, was, I was that era, Jake, the Jake Plummer era. Um, I was at University of Arizona. Right, Darren Woodson oh. went to Arizona. Well, I know he went to Arizona, but I was saying Mark, it was a rivalry Mark, game. Stop. Sorry. Stop, Mark. Sorry. Stop. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. I, I was in the Rob Gronkowski era. Okay, oh, yes. Okay. Very there good. We go. right? There we go. Yes. Um, and the only name I remember, so please don't ask me <laughs> anybody else. But at this point, I was like, oh, my gosh. I never watched a football game in my life. Uh, I don't actually enjoy watching sports and I have to be here for seven hours. Yeah. Like I had to get there at three, two hours beforehand. You're like hanging out, waiting for them to have an injury, you know, or to come to you with something. Then you sit there, stand there through the entire football game. Then you stay for two hours after to bandage them up, whatever you have to come in the next morning. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like I like my life and I like my freedom. And between that extremely long extravaganza of footballness and then the Arizona Diamondbacks paging me every 30 seconds like we have an emergency somebody needs an allergy shot and we're not talking like they were having an allergic reaction they needed an EpiPen they like just wanted you know they were gonna have the sniffles this season so they needed an allergy shot to oh, prevent geez. it and I was like stat allergies that's not even a thing yeah. guys like <laughs> you're calling me like I, I went over like they would call me and I would have like a full clinic like you need to get over here and give this athlete a shot there's some baseball player so I'd come over there and I'd get the the syringe ready and they'll be like oh he's batting they had like a, a you know like a baseball diamond outside yeah and then like 10 minutes later i'm like um i i'm not great at baseball but i'm sure he's not still batting you know like unless he hit 150 <laughs> foul balls they're like oh no now he's in the outfield and i was like and my entire clinic of patients are waiting. waiting like your idea of an emergency and mine are very different yeah and so it was somewhere in there where i was like whoa i made a big mistake like 
I spent a decade head down, lighting the end of the tunnel, trying to get to sports medicine, and I don't love it. And so I had to make another, that was my second big quit was to say like, I mean, now I have this medical degree and all these certifications, but I am not practicing sports medicine, yeah. not this way. And so I found what I could tolerate from medicine and what I couldn't. And I never wanted to have somebody calling me with emergencies or to have a pager or to be prescribing opioids. And I found a job on Twitter of all places uh-huh. that, yeah, that, that I currently still have where I make my own schedule. I work like 10 hours a week for the VA doing compensation and pension exams. So it requires another things I didn't want. And from there, that's how I went, ended up having like the time to go to law school because that was always much more interesting to me, not like compared to medicine, but I just always wanted to take the LSAT, which is a whole nother story. <laughs> but I, I moved next to a law school when I moved to San Diego and I just felt this intense jealousy. By this time, I was a little more in tune to my intuition. I was yeah. like, why am I so jealous of the people who get to go there? And I was like, why don't I just go there? And so I did. And so I got a law degree. Oh my gosh. And, and then, well, it yeah. was that, it was that your, you, you were the valedictorian of your class. And then like you got up and told everyone to quit law school, basically. Is that, is that how the story that is goes? How, yes, that's exactly how it went. <laughs> yep. So that's where the entire quitting thing started. Okay. So, um, Okay, a lot of people will hear this, and a misconception is, oh, wait, she's done all this stuff, and she's a lifelong quitter. Well, I don't ever quit. Quitters never win and all that. Like, what? what's the difference between quitting and giving up? It's where the impetus comes from. So giving up is like you're at the gym, you're on your eighth rep of what's supposed to be 10 or 13. You're like, oh, I just can't do it. Oh, I'm just not going to do another one. That's you just giving up. That's because your mind has told you, you can't finish a thing. Quitting or strategic quitting, which is what my book and my podcast are about, is a process of realizing that your body is talking to you. So not your mind. You know that voice in your head is not your best friend. It is bizarrely like uh, contradicting to our to our overall health. It's just like our, you know, our number one enemy often, but our body is our friend. Our body has our best interest in mind. So if you're anxious or you're getting insomnia or acid reflux or depression or migraines because you're in all these situations that don't work for you, that's when you need to listen to yourself and say, okay, what is causing these symptoms and what can I strategically quit that isn't working for me so that I can start to improve my own health? That's the difference between quitting and giving up is essentially like, is your body telling you that something's wrong or is it your mind? Right. What like what is like you know we're all kind of from the same era and just I mean ten years ago we still had flip phones and just in the last ten years things have gotten crazy and I I mean I'm I'm one that has really had to to learn how to say no to stuff like we think like okay I'm gonna get email my phone that's gonna give me all this extra free time but instead what it does is just it just gives us more things to do on our phone like what what have you seen kind of talk about how busy everybody is and what what is that about the human race right now that is just like having to do all the things yeah that's the problem it's a lot of the keeping up with the joneses and a lot of these false narratives that you see on instagram and social media because when you see what everybody else is doing like you're you're gary v god bless him he has inspired many, many people. But if you follow Gary V, it makes it sound like you should not be sleeping or, you know, a lot right. of these. And so people are like, okay, I better be hustling 24 seven. Then I've got my nine to five. Then I've got my five to nine. I better hustle. I better be on my email. I better be tweeting and doing social media and, and getting my funnels and all these things in place. And that may be great for your business, but it definitely sets it up to where you could just drive yourself crazy with all the stimulation and all the 
the shoulds that you feel as though you have to be doing. Right. And quitting shoulds is a big quit. Quitting notifications on your phone was a huge quit for me. Like I used to go see patients. I would still leave my phone on, my phone on vibrate. And every time it would vibrate, first off, my attention is detract, dis- distracted from the patient for yeah. a second. And then not only is it distracted, but like then my, you know, a little piece of not necessarily anxiety, but whatever that like lead up is like, is there something I need to be attending on, to on my phone? And like, as the patient's talking, that still builds up because I haven't answered the phone yet. You know, it's a huge difference to like turn off all notifications, minimize these distractions. If you're going through social media and there's somebody who triggers you a lot to like think, oh, I better do a million other things or, you know, you're following people that are 400 times fitter than you are because maybe they're personal trainers and that's their entire job. Right. And so that leads you to like feel like, oh, I've got to be I'm doing more at the s- gym, so more bad. of my diet. Yeah. Like, decrease your stimuli in these areas. Right. So, uh, Rick, I just read an article in the Harvard Business Journal. Um, and uh, I thought he was going to make fun of me for that. But it was talking about like companies and like all these initiatives that all the companies do. And like if you have so many initiatives going that nobody can do one initiative like you're not none of your initiatives are, are going to be good and it was talking about kind of kind of this for companies though and one of the things it talked about was like the sunk cost idea that okay look we've already invested so much into this initiative we have to just keep doing it because we yeah. spent all this money and how that ends up like uh, you know costing you more in the long run so talk about the sunk cost fallacy as you call it of quitting why is that a fallacy and well, I would love to have quoted to have coined that term, but that's just what the economics fellows call it, the economics oh. expert, because I got that from an episode of Freakonomics back in 2011. That's, great that's what I call. That's what I call it typically. That, that's so, what he calls it. It's an economic. It's an it's an a uh, world round economist. So yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> but it's definitely my favorite thing to talk about in quitting because it's so funny when you just boil it down. Because so many of us at some point in time, our life, in our lives, have fallen victim to it like you go to a restaurant you order the the 60 70 dollars steak halfway through let's not say steak sushi you've got 70 dollars worth of sushi something you're not going to reheat tomorrow for lunch you know and you're like halfway through <laughs> hang on a second you're not supposed to reheat it. sushi the next right <laughs> <laughs> that's my problem i gotta go to the bathroom yeah. real quick guys uh <laughs> <laughs> <without> <laughs> love it yes okay. <laughs> let's pretend that you're definitely not supposed to do that the next day <laughs> and so you're like halfway through your meal and you're like so super full and you think to yourself man but i've already spent the money like we don't ever stop and think well eating it's not going to bring our money back like and the starving children in africa cannot have that sushi it's not going to make it there right. by tomorrow like there's no good justification for eating the rest of it. You're getting yourself actually in a worse shape because then you're going to have to spend like an extra hour on the treadmill and you might feel really, really sick to your stomach. You might have that actual bathroom run you just talked about. Like there's no good justification for continuing to sink time or energy into these things that aren't working for us. You know, like if you're at a, a law firm and you're working there for three years because you want to make partner and you're miserable after three years, you're like, but I've already dedicated three years or five yeah. years and eventually I'll make partner. Like is is your name on the letterhead going to make things better? Because it actually just makes things way more complicated for you. (laughs) If you weren't happy without your name on the letterhead, all of a sudden you've got more responsibility, the chances of you suddenly being happier because you have a little more money, is they're probably very low. Like get out while you can before things get complicated. So uh, we talk about uh, the four different types of quitting. How are there four different types of quitting? What are they? 
I, I love that my podcast family put that on there. I and I saw that afterwards. And you were like, and what? Like, what are the four different types of quitting? <laughs> I'm told I'm like to be totally honest <laughs> because no. I was so concerned with so many other things about the packet they were sending out that like somehow that was the one thing I didn't see. Right. And I've since looked at no, that no. and been like. That's funny. No idea. We had a, we had a guy on we had a guy on a few months ago, and it was one of those deals. We're like, what are the three, whatever it was, you know? And he's like, remember that, Rick? He didn't even answer the question. And and then and then like after the interview, we were like, I don't think that he knew the three things that he said. <laughs> right. That's why I was like, I'm just going to be honest because yeah. I could either do one of those like uh, well, there's this sly, one type of things quitting. where I just talk about this other to, yeah. like you know like look over here, but yeah. and then if you if you circle back to it, I'd be like, guys, I have no idea. Or you're like, there's uh, there's north quitting, there's south quitting, right. there's west and east quitting. That's it. That's it. Next yeah, question. Those are like, them. Oh. Exactly. Exactly, okay. exactly. Because wow. literally the two types of quitting that I talk about are like up and quitting, which is essentially the office. This is what I, that's why I always clarify. Have you seen office space? Because, you know, up and quitting is yeah. essentially the guy who just like walks out and burns down the place, right? <laughs> right? That's not what I advocate in my book. The book is about strategic quitting. So those are the two types of quitting. I think the third type we can say is giving up. And the fourth type, mm, that's, that's anybody's eh. guess. It's when you just like, uh, like jump in front of a bus. Yeah. I- <laughs> Sure. That could that, be the last one. Don't do that one. Don't do that. Yeah. Your tip yeah. of the day is just <laughs> yeah. be do filled not. with despair and grief and walk out. Please do not jump in front of the bus. Yeah. <laughs> if you could get your dishwasher fixed, I have hope for all things on this. <laughs> Wait a second. What? Why did you say that? episode. Did you really? That was, that was <gasps> riveting. <laughs> Rick, she listened to an episode. I did. Uh, that's well, incredible. I listened to more than one episode because you guys cracked me up. Oh, my gosh. You're not supposed to act like this. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you listen. That's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody does. Oh, my gosh. That was such – well, you said that. I was like, hey, I had a dishwasher that broke. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, dummy. That's what I was talking about, you moron. Tell everybody whatever episode that was that you have to go back to. Because everybody has to check out the dishwasher story oh, at this that point. That was such, and then it was such a good advice from Rick and my other friends in that text thread. Yes, uh, we're the ones who like fix that for you. Like, hey, blow up the CEO I, of Lowe. I emailed get- Lowe, the Lowe CEO, and the Bosch like company. He was like sounds Guzfragen in like Austria, and I got a call, two calls within like ten minutes of sending the email. It was incredible. Um. Okay, very quickly, we need to get. I want to talk about your book and stuff, and, and like websites where people can find you. I I get. I don't think Rick knows this about me. Um, I, oh, whoa, whoa! I, <laughs> I pay money. <laughs> oh, to uh, <laughs> monthly, and I get a a hour massage. Fantastic. Thank okay, you. listen. Uh, I recently bought a. Uh-oh. This is such a Uh-oh. Rick thing to say. A Groupon. For a massage, like two massages, and uh, they had seven locations, and uh, they're all like uh, just in general, like regular business locations. And one of them is a house that's like four doors down from mine. What? And I'm like, that's really weird. I could just walk over here to this. So I, long story short, I'm gonna get a massage in a stranger's house. That kind of button mark, line, which mark is that <laughs> play, play that <laughs> play that at your funeral um okay so one of these things is massage and meditation exercise can mask your problem what can what is what is that what is the problem 
Well, that <laughs> different for everybody. So think about like what massage and meditation are supposed to do at their very like base core, right? Meditation is supposed to bring you closer to enlightenment and massage is supposed to bring you into a more supple state, Mm. right? But what do we use it for generally? Oh man, I got to get a massage. I've been so tense at work this whole week that my like shoulders are up next to my ears or, oh, I've got to like, I've got to go journal about how toxic this relationship is you know right like, think but not about like change anything about up, it yeah right we end up using it as like symptomatic relief when if you could just strategically quit the cause of the symptoms then you either wouldn't need as much self-care or self-care could do its job of bringing you to like a higher level instead of constantly just trying to dig you out of a hole and bring you back to baseline right yeah it's like oh i need to go get a massage for my stressful job and then like you go get the massage and then you just go right back to the stressful job totally and the only difference is you're just all oily now exactly (laughs) indeed and you smell like coconut yeah (laughs) (laughs) you just go right directly back they did the head massage and your hair is like all sticking up weird like <laughs> like uh that one movie uh with brett Favre. there's what? something about mary. something about mary yeah but it's coconut yeah. oil um okay your book it's on amazon there's a kindle edition and a hardcover edition and a paperback edition quitting by design learning to use strategic quitting as a tool to carve out a successful life i will put i'm gonna put the um, the Amazon link in the show notes. Is there another link that you would rather people use, a website or something? No, that's the best link to get the book. Cool. They're, they can go to my website, which will take you to the Amazon link, but also has the podcast and all those things. But if you just need the book, go to Amazon. Cool. Know, what's, your, what's, your, what's your website? What's your link? I, I will answer that. I will answer that. Quitting. Oh, 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 okay. Hey, hang on, everybody. Hang on. Go ahead, Mark. Quitting, quitting dot edu. Edu. Just kidding. Dot com. Dot gov. Gov. Okay. Okay. So go to quittingbydesign.com. Um, and then that. What about like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of that stuff? We can put on here. Yes. All yes. the things. On Facebook, Quitting by Design. Instagram, Quitting by Design. On Facebook, I have a group called Quitopia. It is the humble home for all things strategic quitting. And I'm El Morsky on Twitter. And then there's also YouTube. If you look at for Quitting by Design on YouTube, all the uh, podcast Social episodes media. are there. And I do a quit of the week every week. And uh, your podcast is Quit Happens. Yes, it is. Which is a funny name, Rick. Get it? Uh, yeah. Is I actually looked that up uh, on my phone like yeah. before we started this. So what happens? Yeah, it looks looks interesting. Yeah, I'm going to listen to that. So thank you. Well, we we should listen to it. She listened to us. By golly, <laughs> solid point. That is a solid point. <laughs> <laughs> so when I have you guys on my show, I can be like, you listen. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, <we're- laughs> be all surprised. Like, right? surprised, like yeah. wait, wait, wait. You listen to our show? Wait, I had a, I had a dog that that had that disease. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> awesome. Oh well. Hey. Well, we would love to be on your show sometime. Um. That would be great. We'll email about it. Um. Invite yourself over to her house. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to come <laughs> swim at your We'd pool. There for Christmas, so <laughs> yeah. we'll be there on uh, Christmas Eve. So see you then. <laughs> I'll have my sweater on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, then, Marie, this has been awesome. I will email your your people that that contacted us uh f- with you. I think this was uh through uh jonathan 
Yes. My, my guy, Jonathan. Yes. I will email him and also get in touch with you on other stuff as well. So thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. And thanks for being flexible with your time. I know we were supposed to do this last week and we had some travel things and really appreciate you uh, being flexible and, and doing this with us tonight. I had a blast with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. We'll, see, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. What? Uh, I started making fart noises. And it was just me and her on the line. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and she was just like, hyperventilating laughing. And so, so was I. <laughs> I was like, Mark doesn't know how to. Well, I was like, Mark doesn't know how to hang up on somebody on Skype. And she was just like, Wee's laughing and so <laughs> So you just like, wait, hold on, hold on. So I hang up and y'all stayed connected? But I, I ended the whole conversation. Yes, yes. You <laughs> like I heard the like the Skype noise and I do like we usually do and went and Did you tell her that like that that's how you always enter the phone? <laughs> no, oh I just laughing and saying Mark doesn't know how to hang <laughs> on, on Skype and she's like hysterically laughing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wish we had that on on record. Oh my gosh. I just imagine like, all right, well thanks for doing this and she's like waiting to see if oh are are we still gonna are they still gonna talk to me? Like did we just stop the recording but we're still gonna say goodbye and, and all she hears is <laughs> This is the hardest oh. I've laughed in a really. Oh <laughs> really my gosh! And then you answer the phone, dying laughing. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh man, that was great. She's oh. great. Um, okay, while well, I've got you on here, yes. good grief. Um, there was even something I was going to say right after that. Now I can't even remember. So next week we have uh, uh we have one because we missed two in a row. Yes, I need to get Doctor Friedman's show out. And we've got one next week, and then we've got one on the 12th and on the 26th. Okay. And on the 10th of December. And okay. I'm going to get uh, maybe Jason's side, but maybe on that December 3rd or something. Well, maybe we can squeeze them in on November just and have three in November instead of just the two. Um, but, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to be like, if she had any, like, inkling that we were, like, big-time podcasters, it quickly went away when I was like, yeah. you listen to us? <laughs> if she was like, oh, man, these simple human guys, they're, uh, they're right at the charts. <laughs> they're right at the charts. It was all gone, number one, when we were like, hang on a second, you listen to us? Yeah. And it was also gone when I started making fart noises at her. Well... <laughs> And so to pull the curtain back, to use your term, any, every time I call Rick, he never says hello. Even if I call you on the phone, <laughs> you answer the phone to me. Just <laughs> oh, I'm almost forty years old, and I still. Love you. <laughs> and the one time, there's like just someone standing there. Oh, that that doesn't get the equivalent of like me and you on an elevator and like I get off the elevator <laughs> and the door's shut and you just go like rip the hugest fart and there's and then there's like some woman like standing behind you. 
Oh, man. By the way, if you and I were ever, ever on an elevator <laughs> with one random stranger, if you don't think for one second I would make a fart noise and blame it on you, you're oh, insane. One, okay. That <laughs> would be the very first thing I would do. So, one, okay, very quickly, and then and then we'll we'll end. But this that reminded me of a story. So, uh, Simply Humans' own Blake, Lewis, uh, who told one the party bus story, one of the very first humans being human stories five years ago, Um we travel, we go to a big football game every year. We've, I think I've probably talked about it on the show. And um, one of the years, so Blake and I are in Abilene, and we meet up with some guys that are like, in, one's in Dallas and one's up in Minnesota. And so we kind of all kind of converge and meet up, you know, and to go to these games. And so usually me and Blake are on the on the leg, the flight from Abilene to Dallas, just, just us two. Well, we get on uh, the, like the 11th flight. What? Is it like an eleven-minute flight from Abilene it's, to Dallas? It's like thirty-five minutes. <laughs> wow! I know okay. it's cra- it's really awesome, and and so like, but the plane is one row of seats. There's just one seat, and then an aisle, and then two seats. Okay, so it's like there's just three in the row with the aisle in between, and it's like I can't even stand up straight in the airplane. Right? That's how like when you has to go to the front and like contact and like <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, with the propellers. It used to actually be a propeller plane. It's a jet now, thank goodness. But <laughs> um, so Blake and so Blake is like six four. He's way bigger than me, and so he is crammed on this flight. So I am in like the single seat, okay, and then there's the aisle, and then Blake is in the window. And in between us, like right in, crammed next to Blake is like probably this, a college girl, you know, like she was, she was a, a young girl, right? Was like sitting in between us. Whoa. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, like me and Blake are trying to talk and well, now we can't, we got this girl in between us and like, so like right as we sit down, like the door closes, I, look, I like lean over to Blake, like in the airplane, I'm kind of doing one of these, like, are you talking like this? Like kind of loud. And I was like, hey, Blake, there's a, there's a toilet back here. I, you need, I know you needed to go number two. <laughs> <laughs> like right like right across that girl like and he just you should what do you say like no i don't have to <laughs> i'm good i can hold it yeah until we, so he, minutes. he just like stared at me like kind of gave me this like <laughs> you a-hole like I, like really you did this to me right now like so we had a good laugh about that he probably gave me a nookie wait nookie noogie 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 yeah. Nuggy, where he puts it in the headlock and rubs your yeah, head. Yeah, probably did that. Anyway, okay. I'm, I'm feeling very, very immature today. Can I believe that that happened? I have, I have the giggles picked up. Oh, <laughs> well, Lynn Marie was great. Go buy our book. That's the tip of the week. Buy Quitters Never Quit. Oh, hi, hi. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's not what it's called. Listen to her, uh, listen to her podcast. Yeah. Quit Happens. Buy her book. Uh, <laughs> buy <laughs> buy game cards for... I really am going to buy those because those would be great for my for my work. Um, for, one up this yeah. game.com. I said quitters never quit. That's not the name of her book. It's quitting by design. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> okay, um, that is going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. <laughs> what does your last name start with? W. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, inside joke for two, and maybe Rob. Yeah.